Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Ever to end zone, Crabtree. Broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. L-O-B. He wants to get in a fight. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. All right. You're very welcome along. <laughs> You're very welcome. I always miss the all right. You're very welcome along to uh, the Off the Ball NFL podcast. With us in studio, Sam Monson at PFF underscore Sam and also uh, Donnie Mahoney. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. No key in this week. Um, some uh, issues there, but he'll be back with us very soon. So, the uh, the New England Patriots has got to be our starting point here. Um, what is the what is the reason for the turnaround? Is it is it that suddenly... Gronkowski gives everybody confidence. Is it that Brady starts playing well? Or is there actually something a bit more subtle going on here where he's getting more time in the pocket? Eventually, the offensive line started to get good. I think it's a combination of things. Gronkowski, it's almost impossible to overstate just how dominant and how important Gronkowski is. I mean, I said it in an article this week that he's J.J. Watt on offense. You can't match up with him. There's nobody on the defense across the league who fits that. Uh, mold and can match up with him sensibly so all you have to do is to just hope that he doesn't hurt you too badly Can you talk to us a bit more about the specific gifts he has because um, he's not the fastest, he's not the tallest, he's not the strongest but I guess that he's one of the, he's just got the right mixture of all of those three things Yeah exactly, He's he'd be kind of in the top few of every single category for a tight end in terms of size, strength, speed um, ball skills you saw that ridiculous one handed kind of bionic catch he made um he's got a janky run for a big man yeah and you put all those things together and you, there's nobody on defense that looks like that there's nobody that can match all of those criteria so if you find a guy who can run with him he can just out muscle him if you find a guy who can live with him physically he, they can't run with him why do they never just stick another tight end on him i, I often wondered like because the you'd... tight ends don't play defense but uh, but here's a <laughs> like for this one game, every time we see him on the field, you get out there and you, yeah, you, you it, do what you would normally do except watch what I, he's doing. I think there's a bit more technique involved in that. I don't know. Some of that tackling. that uh, it, It's kind of like saying, why don't you just stick a striker and another striker? Mm. Well, in, just in terms of body size, though, because there's... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there's there's guys on rosters that match him physically, but you can't just stick them on him. You know, there's those guys don't have the the defense skills they don't have the the ability to the technique to stay with them good secondary should always be able to match up with the wide receivers they should be able to match them in terms of their speed and and mostly the the ball skills um what is it about the the defenders that he's coming up against that they don't have what why is there such a significant difference if you take you know a regular wide receiver there's there's a lot of different body shapes and speeds and all that kind of thing for a wide receiver but generally speaking a top cornerback is going to be able to live with all of those they're going to be fast enough to live with the fast guys they're going to be strong enough to to live with the big guys and there's not that much variance in that but you suddenly put one of those guys on a Gronkowski and you're now asking him to cover a guy who's 60 pounds heavier than the bigger wide receivers they're dealing with it's just it's a totally different world also the patriots obviously are no good without him for a long period. Well, they're grand. They're grand without him. They're better than average. Yeah. Uh, they're the team that got destroyed by the Broncos last year and they were never really in that game destroyed. without him. Um, but I take your point. They're, they're, okay, so they're an efficient unit. They were the second best team in the AFC last year. He transforms them. Yeah. The AFC was rubbish last year. Uh, so, 
why suddenly now are they so good at also getting him the ball? Because that's the other thing that uh, you have this amazing weapon, you need to use him and slowly the first couple of weeks everybody's wondering when's he going to get the snaps when's he going to get the snaps and then he starts to get the snaps and like alright when's the yardage going to come then the yardage comes and then the touchdowns come and it's like beast yeah. I mean so Gronkowski's one part but you've then got everything else that just happened to play I think that that Chiefs game where they got completely embarrassed you know it was a disaster for them I think that served as a real kind of kick up the ass for pretty much everybody you know, Brady has turned around his season it's literally that's a defining point in terms of all of Brady's numbers have gone through the roof yeah. from that that week onwards the receivers are playing better the offensive line again has been dramatically improved from that point on it's it's been one of the better units in the league since then and, and one of the worst up until then how do you do that i mean the roster is full of guys that have been there and done there done done it before maybe it just needed you know to hit rock bottom and for everyone to take a step back and say this is unacceptable we can't play like this we're better than this when we're talking about rugby with Jerry Thornley he always says first of all it's a fight Rugby, first of all, is a fight. And actually, a lot of that holds true for American football as well. So if, if they weren't at it physically, if they weren't at it, sorry, psychologically, then you're probably going to get beaten. But it turns out that they always had those reserves of power and aggression. And I think so. I think a huge amount of most games is mental. Um, you know, American football is no different than any other. If, if they're, for whatever reason, coasting on 75% of, of mental capacity or mental kind of getting up for the game, the other team probably isn't. The other team's on 90, 95. What do you put it down to? I just think they've got hot. You know, they've won a few, they've played some bad teams. They've won a few games, turned things around. But, like, it could all change. I think Gronkowski is the key that his health is He's probably back to something like 100%. You know, I mean, that injury that took him out last year was around this time of year. So, you know, he's played his way back into shape. And... It, so much of of them being sort of unbeatable relies on him. But, like, I mean, their defense was really good on Sunday. Like, Manning looked very shaky. It was the worst I've seen. In, the worst game he played this year, he looked almost as bad as the Super Bowl. So, like, you know, that the, the circumstances, circumstances played out well for them. But, I mean, you know, they won five in a row, but it could all, you know, I, I'm almost, almost worried that they're peaking too soon and that, they might play themselves out of form. Really? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, they I mean they beat the best team in football really easily a week, you know, five days ago. So, well, the only way to go from here is down. Ah, no, they can improve in, incrementally across the rest of the no. season. I mean, okay, so the the form and the emotion for another Brady-Manning game obviously rises up, and they're definitely going to lose some games between now and the playoffs, right? I mean, no one's... No. You think they're going to go unbeaten? Well, they'll either, they'll either go unbeaten or... Well, they play Indianapolis next week, I think, so that's a game they might lose. But, I mean, they're not going to lose more than... If, you know, I don't... If if they lose, like, say, th- three more games this season, they're in trouble. Because, you know, they have divisional games. Miami's not bad. Buffalo's not bad. It's, it's all, you know, I think it's easy to get lost with kind of one-off results. Page has been really good for the last month, but I, I you know... There's the I'd, I it it wouldn't take long for the articles that were written a year ago about Brady being done and all this kind to of resurface. stuff to resurface. Uh, I think they're gone for the season, right? The form that he's on at the moment means that he's not finished. Uh he's still a 37 year old, and like he, I, I like maybe his decline has been arrested slightly, but there's no. 
Yeah, I, I don't think anyone was ever really saying he was finished. I mean, I'm, I'm, I seem to have started this whole yeah, thing yeah, yeah, by yeah. mistake. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the point was never that he was done. It was that we've probably seen the end of Brady as, as a truly elite quarterback. And obviously we haven't because he's, over the last month, there's literally, there's nobody better than him. So, you know, now he's, he's he is 37. The decline is inevitable. It's gonna, It happens to everybody. So at some point he's going to, He's going to decline, you know, past the point where he's he's a starting caliber quarterback. But I don't think that was ever anytime soon. It was it was only a case of how quick does a decline come. But he's completely arrested it at this stage. Yeah, that was I was it two weeks ago. He was dropping those giant bombs on Brandon LaFell. Mm-hmm. You're like, look at that. That's like amazing that he's still throwing the ball that hard, that far. Uh, and I thought that was gone. I was oh, he doesn't throw the ball down the field anymore. Actually, he he can do that now again. I, how has he managed to arrest the decline? Because it's very, very rare in sport that you see somebody like this is like Jimmy Connors run to the semis mm. in the US Open in ninety one. I don't know. I've no like how uh, how do you explain it? I think like the I I don't know enough about the quarterback position. It seems a lot of it is maybe emotive. Like when the you know there's all these signs in when they came back to play Cincinnati after getting hammered by KC. You know, you know we still love. Brady and Belichick and like the Patriots fans kind of lined up for him and there's you know this whole kind of referendum in the week between that game about whether you know it was time to say goodbye to Brady come on down Jimmy whether the era was over Garoppolo's there here we've got we're replacing one handsome quarterback with another one like it was all set up and like from that point you know Brady's just been lights out I don't really know I don't know like do I don't know if, if, if that's what it comes down to if there are things that they've made with with McDaniel's like in terms of like changing the offense and the offensive line gelling better and all that kind of thing like I I don't know enough about it I'm not there enough but like um he's he seems different you know his body language seems different and you could see you could I think I think he would have felt slighted I think the way oh, yeah. things are going and yeah. and you know m- maybe he feels like you know the Patriots haven't won Super Bowl in a long time and maybe he feels like he there's he needs one last sort of uh, title to for validation on his career. You know, it's definitely it's across the board. You know, the whole Patriots offense improves, not just Brady, but there's definitely been a you know massive improvement from Brady. He was on um, Rich Eisen's podcast the other day, and, oh, yeah? and Eisen asked him, "Did he take all this personally?" And of course, he said, "No, not at all. You can't take." It. But I think that's crazy. He absolutely took it personally. There was. You know, articles coming out about how his dad had, you know, got the hump because because of all this talk and how Brady had been kind of complaining to him, saying, "Look, I'm I'm as healthy as ever. I'm, I yeah. feel great." And I think that probably did affect him. He took he looked at all this kind of crazy. You know, he's done. We should we should bench him. Maybe they'll trade him. And and thought, no, forget it. I'm gonna, you know, I can still play. And, yeah. And kind of rededicated himself. And you know, at this stage in your career, what sixteen years or whatever it is. Maybe you need that. Maybe you do need a kind of something to jolt you out of your your pattern of behavior that's that's getting you close, but not all the way. A bit of strange, I think it's called. Uh, if anybody wants to tweet us, you can get us out off the ball. What about the Broncos? Uh, this was the unstoppable juggernauts. They were, they were supposed to be actually a better team. Their defense is vastly superior to the one at least that finished last year. Granted, uh, they were destroyed by injuries, but what the hell happened to them? The defense is the big question mark I I kind of expected the offense to struggle a little bit against New England and you know they still moved the ball they still had some success especially early they were the they were the team that got the first touchdown on the board 
but the the Broncos defense just looked terrible. It it didn't look prepared at all to deal with the Patriots. At one stage, they split Von Miller out in the goal line to try and cover Rob Gronkowski, which is just, I mean, you might as well just step aside and let them have the points at that stage. How did that happen? Like, is that is that just... The, the Patriots motioned him out, and nobody in on Denver decided that that was a bad enough situation to call a timeout. <laughs> Apparently, you know, there were uh, Denver teammates saw it happen and wanted to kind of fix it, but were stuck somewhere else with an assignment. That, that, that shouldn't have happened. They should have had... Somebody see that and call a timeout. It was because it's about like half a foot in the difference. Yeah, well, that and and Von Miller's a pass rusher. He's not, you know, he doesn't cover guys in man coverage in tight spaces. It's yeah. just you know, it was too easy. Uh, presume they bounce back pretty quickly. That this isn't actually terminal for them. They chalk it down. That's a bad one. Our record there is terrible. He was hot. They they blah 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 it away. I think so. I think there's two. There are too many fixable things that went wrong. You know, too much was kind of poor matchup and poor kind of game planning on the defensive side, certainly. I think they should be able to fix that as well. Plus, most sides aren't as good as the Patriots, so even if they do nothing, they should yeah. have a better success against other people. And uh, they've got the mighty Raiders this hey, weekend. Don't, don't sleep on the Raiders. They, they're going to give them a tough game. Yeah. like When, when they're 22 points down, they'll uh, score two touchdowns and make it look good in the box yeah. score. Feisty against Seattle, they kind of stick around. They're never, they're just annoying around you all the time. They're not, they're not like gonna, they're not gonna like lay down. That was in Seattle as well. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even notice that until later in the yeah. week when I was kind of, I just assumed that you know the close game between the Raiders and the Seahawks it must have been in Oakland. And then suddenly, hang on, this is this is yeah. in Seattle. Both men. Uh, so the AFC West is actually kind of interesting because the Chargers have fallen apart. For whatever reason, I, I don't really understand how they go from, you know, oh, this guy's on MVP, MVP caliber uh, rates at the moment, and then they get shut out by the Dolphins 37-0. The Chiefs, though, are, uh, they're for real, right? That's a, this is a team that has a lot about them. I think so. I thought I thought both the Chiefs and the Chargers would run the Broncos kind of all the way to the wire in that division. The, the Chargers, it hasn't happened because... The offensive line was always a mess. Um, it's gotten worse with injuries, but there's only so long a quarterback can play under a ridiculous amount of pressure before they, they just stop getting it done anymore. Um, and I think Rivers has probably hit that point now, especially against... I mean, it, it really happened against Miami because they have a good defensive front. So you, you pair that with a disaster of an offensive line and the quarterback almost doesn't have a chance. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs beat the Jets 24-10. Yeah, workmanlike. Yeah. Uh, Never a doubt Because at the start of the season Everybody's like Ah That last year was a complete fluke Casey Yeah Well Yeah I think I mean they've been really good For the last Seven Six seven weeks But um, They um, I think You know I, They're definitely Denver's biggest challenge In that division But the um, You know I think once they get to a point Of You know Completely Establishing their credentials Then we can all remember how they threw away that terrible playoff game last year, and that this the scars of that game must be. But this, you just blame it on injury. Jamal Charles goes off early, and then Nile Davis gets injured as well, right? Well, but so there are two brilliant running backs. Yeah, but in a way, that didn't actually affect that game at all. The way <laughs> it certainly didn't stop them scoring. <laughs> yeah, I mean that wasn't the problem. The problem was the defense gave up whatever. Ridiculous well, they might have been able to slow down on. the speed at which they were scoring to keep <laughs> yeah. the opposition off the field for I don't know. To, I definitely felt a bit, of, a bit of sympathy for them. Uh, so the, the wild card race is at the moment a complete mess in the AFC because it looks like the Pats are going to win the AFC East. Mm. The Bills have five wins. The Dolphins have five wins. The AFC North is a complete mess. The Bengals are five two and one. 
The Steelers are six and three. The Browns are five and three, and the Ravens are five and four. Yeah, and the Ravens went from first to last in that division in the space of I think two weeks, and went from looking fantastic to looking terrible in the space of the same two weeks. I, I, I was, I, you know, I looked at a few of those games this week in that division and came away with the, the kind of conclusion that I have no idea who any of those teams are anymore. I don't know if they know who they are either. Do they? Well, I think the Steelers probably think they're very good right now, but well, they've been like world world beaters the last two weeks. But we're what three weeks away from them getting a beat down by Cleveland. So, yeah. you know, maybe they'll they'll continue that run. But didn't they have another game where they were killing somebody and lost? Tampa Tampa Bay. Tampa oh Bay. yeah, Tampa yeah. Bay beat them. Yep. The uh, Ravens have a point differential plus sixty six, and they're in last place in their division. <laughs> like it doesn't. And that's what I'm saying. They went from looking really, really good to just two games, bam, they're at the bottom of the division yeah. and, and they look terrible now. Seems like everybody except the Jets is a playoff contender in the AFC. <laughs> uh, and the Raiders. And the Raiders, yeah. The Colts beat the Giants 40-24 and um, for them, you feel like it was quite important to bounce back from what Big Ben did to them. Uh, because like, when you've Andrew Luck in your team, you're going to be in most games and that's how they're going to feel about the playoffs, right? Yeah, I think it has to be. Anytime you've got a quarterback that's capable of doing what he's doing, you're going to be in with a chance. Okay, let's move on because um, some of the other stuff that we should talk about are the, uh, well, the San Francisco 49ers are 4-4. Four and four, And in the race for, you've got to assume at this point, a wild card. They're falling. They've already two games behind either the Eagles or the Cowboys, whoever finishes um, second in that division. And then there's the Packers who are 5-3. and three. Now, the thing about the Packers is Aaron Rodgers pulled his hamstring. Uh, tweet? Yeah. Okay, it was a tweak. So we're going to have to wait and see just what the story is with that. Uh, but if he's fit, they're brilliant. And if he's not, then you'd actually kind of count them out, I would anyway. Uh, but maybe it's ridiculous to be talking about the 49ers as a playoff contention team because they stink. <laughs> yeah, well, they do. But they should have won that game. Not just because they were playing the Rams, though they should have won that game for that reason as well. But they basically got screwed out of it by the kind of mess at the end, um, which, you know. One of the most confusing plays I've ever seen. Explain <laughs> for anybody who didn't see what happens. So it's third and third and goal on the one-yard line. I think so, yeah. uh, Kaepernick has Frank Gore in the backfield. I'm waiting on Frank Gore's touchdown because I need the fantasy points. There's maybe five or six seconds left in the game. Is this uh, the game that I beat you in? Uh, yeah. So Kaepernick decides he's going to sneak it. And it seems he kind of just he snaps it, kind of just pushes himself into the offensive line. And it's very unclear from the camera angle just when and where the ball leaves his hands. But anyway, somehow uh, one of the, the Rams' defensive linemen uh, pick up, picks up the ball with it off the fumble. The, the uh, refs signal Rams ball, game over. You can't, and they, you know, they looked at the film, they looked at, to see where, what happened, and there's no, no conclusive video proof as to when or how the ball left, so there was nothing to overturn. And the Rams somehow won this game when, like, basically the Niners doing the slow drive build-up, trying to, you know, score the touchdown and win it, you know, with no time left. Yeah. End up throwing the whole game away. It's one of those crazy... I mean, the NFL officiating is a mess at this stage, and the the, re, the replay system isn't an awful lot better. And you have kind of crazy... Oh, but they're watching in New York. It must be great. <laughs> there was one, like a few weeks ago, where a guy missed a play entirely. Just, they just never checked it. I mean, we assume that's fine, but it turns out the guy had actually stepped out of bounds. It was Percy Harvin, stepped oh, out right. of bounds, yeah. like halfway down the field. Um, 
But they have rules like you must see conclusive video evidence to overturn something, which means if you don't, you know, 100% see it, you can't do anything about it, even yeah. though physics would suggest that this had to have crossed the plane mm. of the goal line. There's, there's basically no way it can't have, but you can't see it, so you can't award it. Yeah, the uh, ball gets lost in this kind of mind, this forest of bodies. Yeah, and there's no, there's, a, it's actually impossible to see what happened. It's but, really easy to implant chips in those balls that are, don't weigh anything and can uh, thermonuclear tell you exactly where the ball is. I've never refereed a game, so I don't know what it, what it's like. But it seems like a lot of the guys, the referees, they just sort of see a guy with the ball and they just kind of signal, okay, the other team gets it, and they just presume it'll get challenged, and then the right thing will happen one way or another, and yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, which uh, isn't right, but. They put themselves in a situation where they were capable of losing that game. It's the whole Roy Keane thing, you know. If you if you gave him an opportunity to show your red card, what the hell is he going to do? He's going to show your red card. So, bad coaching, bad quarterback play, crazy that they they're not giving Frank Gore the ball. Well, yeah, that that I think is nuts. That that, that line is built to that line is built for those plays. It's built to gain a yard when it wants to, and Frank Gore is built to gain you a yard when he has to. The the play call there should have been to give the ball to Frank Gore. And it's easy to, you know, hindsight that and say, you know, everything looks like a, a sensible call when you're Except not making that, it. Except a couple but, of times this season, the same thing has happened. Yeah, and I think... And then the next week they go to him and, like, he wins the game for them. Yeah, I, I just... It, it's one of those ones where hindsight suggests it, but it, it suggested at the time. Everybody <laughs> is waiting for Frank Gore to get the ball, including the Rams. Um, and they don't. They go somewhere else, and you know, obviously, it may have paid out, it paid off for them, but it ended up costing. The one thing that they have in their favor is that the Seahawks are not the Seahawks from last year. They're no, they're definitely a different they outfit. Pl- they play them twice in three weeks, um, coming up to the end of the month. So that's gonna be, you know, it's basically those two teams. Are, it's almost like a, you know, they're going head to head almost for a playoff spot. Yeah, because yeah, and both those teams need to be looking at Arizona now yeah. because they're the team that's setting the pace. I think Arizona are going to win that division. Oh, easy. They may if, if neither of these two teams gets their act together. I, I think the Cardinals are probably not as good as their record suggests. I think they'll lose a few games um, and they'll come down to earth a bit, but it won't be enough if if neither the Seahawks or the 49ers kind of cop on and start winning. Yeah, they've got the uh, Rams at home this week, the Cardinals, so you would expect them to win that, but then... The Rams have already beaten San Francisco and Seattle, so yeah, they're decent. I mean, they're they've kind of win ugly and stuff. But I mean, you got I don't I just don't know how the Forty ers lose that game. That's teams that win the Super Bowl don't don't lose those games. I think it was uh, it was Kean that said on on Twitter that Jeff Fisher is going to keep his job based solely on how he's the Rams have done against the AFC or the NFC West. The um, the Saints. It's all the way back uh, last Thursday night, but. I think they now have a stretch of three or four games at home, and obviously they never lose at home. Their record at the moment is uh, pretty sensational. So, uh, is it possible that they could be the next New England Patriots that we're talking about in four weeks? Going, whoa! Like they have weapons. If Jimmy Graham starts playing like Jimmy Graham again, is he their Jenga piece? Yeah, they, they've definitely got the weapons. They they just need to work out how to play on the road. There's there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do it. They've got the pieces in place. There's nothing about that team that is inherently not designed to play on the road or outdoors or anything like that. They should be able to play in all conditions, on all surfaces, in all stadiums, but they're just not for whatever reason. Yeah, I still have never really worked out why a team can be so horribly afflicted. Strange, isn't it? I don't know, maybe it's... They need to change their travel arrangements. Exactly, maybe a different hotel kind of thing. Maybe they need, I don't know, a new bus? Uh, A new bus... Do they still travel by bus? Well, the Redskins, Redskins got in a bus yeah. accident there on the way to the Minnesota game. So they 
Yes, they do still travel by bus, and it's not the safest way to, to travel to games. All right, uh, Dallas take on Jacksonville in London this weekend. Uh, what's the truth about Dallas? Can they survive another week without Tony Romo and beat Jacksonville in London? Against Jacksonville, they might be able to. Against most other teams, I don't think so. Brandon Whedon is, is that bad. Um, but the Jags haven't really shown anything. Blake Bortles. Do they hate Kyle Orton so much that they couldn't just keep him around? Kyle Orton seemed to want to go somewhere else. He was on big money too. Yeah, he didn't seem... They had to pay him that money, right? They had to pay him at least two million, I think. He wanted to retire. He wanted to retire. He oh, wanted yeah. out of there um, <laughs> for whatever reason. I'm retiring to Buffalo. Uh, but Brandon Whedon's clearly not the answer. Um, the the difficulty with which he makes getting the ball to Des Bryant is, is astounding. Yeah. I think either any one of us could get the ball to Des Bryant reasonably easy. I'd like to try. That'd be cool. Des Bryant would have a better chance throwing passes to himself <laughs> than um, Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles obviously are... Um, well, it, it's a new era for the Eagles, Mark Sanchez. Uh, yeah. Was the butt fumble the last game before this game? Or did they give him one more game to, to just make sure that there was... I don't think that was his last game. No, I don't I think, think so. That was just... In the, the middle of the yeah, that was just the remem- the the highlight or the low light of of the Sanchez era. Uh, and yet, you do feel that the way that the Eagles play, Mark Sanchez might actually be an okay quarterback for them. Well, the, the thing is, Nick Foles hasn't been playing well at all. Um, so your standard in terms of drop off is pretty low to begin with. You know, you've got to be pretty bad to be worse than Nick Foles has been playing for the Eagles. And you know, Sanchez. He's got the things you need to be able to to do in that offense. He's got an arm. He can go deep. They gave him a couple of deep shots in that game. Yeah, He's more athletic than I think people probably give him credit for because he's never been expected to use it. And he was okay for um, a while at the start of his career at the yeah, Jets. And, and yeah, and that is an inherently quarterback-friendly system. It's you know it's predicated on, on run games, on easy reads, on option kind of stuff that doesn't ask too much of him. So I think there's a pretty good chance he could be okay there. And like, because they're six and two and lead the division. The Cowboys are six and three. The Lions are six and two. The Packers are five and three. You'd expect the Cowboys and the Packers to definitely be in the mix for um, the playoffs. And then obviously the Saints are just going to win the NFC South because every other team is terrible. I would say, I mean, unless you think the Panthers have some kind of like rejuvenation thing coming on. And from what I saw that, was it the Saints game? Yeah, they were terrible. Their yeah. offense is terrible. There's been no signs of that, all right. Uh, all right, so the only other thing is that the Dolphins and Jets, uh, the Jaguars and Buffalo, and the Chiefs and the Lions are going to be the three London mm. games. The London games are working out. That early uh, throw-in kickoff was pretty good. Well, somebody's got to watch Jacksonville play. and um, It turns out people in London are more susceptible to that. <laughs> the gimmick you know, hasn't worn off on them yet. Next year, again, they'll get some more Blake Bortles. Shad Khan has, has moved his yacht down the down the Thames. Did he? Yeah, this giant, uh, you know, ludicrous uh, multi-billionaire yacht with a, a giant stainless steel uh, Jaguar holding a helmet on the prow. <laughs> it's an awesome thing. That's that's exactly what you should be spending billions on. I like that. The London Jaguars. I was talking to a guy uh, at the Web Summit this week. He was like, "That's never going. There's never going to be a team franchise in England. There's no way that the the teams will agree to it." Um, and he's kind of been knocking around professional American football for a long time. Uh, is he right? Or do you think that actually a 33rd team here, a 34th team? In... I, I've never understood how the logistics work, but they do seem to be pushing for it relentlessly um, and moving kind of inexorably towards it. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll get to the stage where they just have, you know, three, five games in London every year. Um, 
kind of are happy with that. You know, use that as the kind of base to expand the game and and never actually move a franchise anywhere. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's possible. I mean, if the NFL wants something hard enough, cheaper it's and probably going to happen. Uh, all right, anything else you guys are looking forward to particularly this weekend? On that note, <laughs> yeah, well, Sanchez, yeah. like, I think that's going to be really interesting because it's like, is it about the system? Or about the man. Well, he's the genius, right? Chip Kelly is the genius, so obviously it's about him. Well, let's find out. If the man is so bad, though, he can destroy the system. <laughs> so we'll find out if you know if humans individually can disrupt these sort of networks that smarter people kind of create for them. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we will. Thanks, Donnie. <laughs> My thanks to you as well, Sam. Uh, you can follow Sam at PFF underscore Sam and uh, read his work on Pro Football Focus. Cheers. It's time for us to talk uh, nothing but nonsense, I think, is the, the phrase from here. Uh, Donnie is still with us. Uh, APM angry producer Mick is also with us. Um, and we start with mixed picks or fantasy? Well, let's do mixed picks and get that out of the way. Okay, sure. This is where you talk about how good I am and how bad you guys are predicting things. Uh, so I'm going to start with that and everybody will go, oh, that's terrible. But then I'm going to finish with how I kicked his ass in fantasy football, which is what everybody will most remember from this podcast. So, yeah, you are killing us and killing it at the moment. Your picks last week, you went 2-1. and one. Kansas City minus 10 against the Jets. Win. Win. Philadelphia minus 2 against Houston. Win. See, if, if Houston had pulled the trigger on Fitzpatrick a week earlier, if they still I would think. have lost. If, if they lost their quarterback and Mark Sanchez won the game for him, like, that's how good that pick was. Ah, I think Mark Sanchez might be an upgrade. I also, I also had Philadelphia, by the way. He's not. He's Mark Sanchez. Cincinnati minus 11 against Jacksonville was a loss. They won by 10, so I don't feel so bad about that one. Uh, okay, so my three. Browns minus six and a half against Tampa Bay. Well, that was close-ish. What was it, six in the end? Five. 22-17. Uh, yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't watch too much of the game. Tampa had uh, Mike Evans just go mental. Mike Evans was really good, yeah, but the uh, Browns had Brian Hoyer. Uh, Denver minus three against New England. Really dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I thought of you as I was celebrating on Sunday night. That wasn't close. And Houston plus two against Philadelphia. I think that, um, what was it in the end? Uh, ten. Five. Ten. Ten. No, right. Yeah, I had Philadelphia as well. I mean, we don't need to talk about my two losses. That is not Here. plus. Chargers plus 1.5 <laughs> against the Dolphins. Can I just... 2.5. I was, last week there was a debate. Mick, we actually gave him an extra point. For that game, or I can't. There was some yeah, confusion. Yeah, yeah. Was it one point five? Yeah, I thought it was one by five. You guys said two point five. Yeah. Look, it didn't really matter that didn't much. Didn't really it was matter because they no. lost by thirty-seven. So Washington against Minnesota. Is I will. It... I will say that was a scratch game. Washington should have won that game. I watched a lot of it. They really should have. Whatever. They're... I didn't see any of it. RG three might have been sacked nine hundred and two times. It was bizarre. He had no protection whatsoever. So every time they got anything going, he was just sacked. I'd say he was probably double figure sacked. Was Teddy Bridgewater um, good? And no. they still should have won the game. No. Matt Asiata. Oh, Matt Asiata got three touchdowns. Matt Asiata. Bizarre. But Washington, the week I, I released him. Uh, anyway, Washington should have won the game. I don't feel that bad about that pick, but I do see the flaw in picking a team like Washington who are the type of team that will let you down. Yes. Okay. So but San Diego, I hold my hands up. Although uh, I've heard of a few other people went their tip of the week was uh, San, Diego San Diego plus 2.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. This week, I think the issue is there's almost too many games to pick. I wish we could expand this to like a seven-game picking thing. Well, you there's can't. So many you can, obvious. You can just ones. gamble. Well, yeah, but for the purpose of this ice bu- or the 
Gatorade bath. Yeah, I don't like the fact that there's a Gatorade bath involved anymore. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, yeah, now it's a just And now it's getting cold as well. When we came up with this, it was in September. Yeah. Kind and of now like, oh, I'm like constantly the freezing. They won't allow us for safe, health and safety reasons to do it on the balcony upstairs. The listeners might be wondering what the scores are after Oh, nine yeah, weeks. that would be important. They're not, they're not. Donnie is 10 and 13. And one. What's the one? It's we all picked the same game and it was a push. Okay. So we just dropped the one, right? No. Donnie is 10 and it 13 makes us better and one. than 10 and 15. Mick is 8 and 15 and 1 and I'm 6 and 17 and 1. Which is not a good record as a gambler. It's really not. Considering they're all 50-50 picks. That's why uh, That's why the, the uh, gambling firms make money. So I hope what we're doing here is a public service. We're uh-huh. putting you off gambling on football with the spreads. All gambling. The, the, thing, about, the thing about the spread is, though, it's actually an incredible skill that they have that makes people go... For what ultimately is like their odds are on both sides, but what they do is they lure you into the side that's wrong. Mm. Yeah, that was. I mean, since if they it, pick, they pick a number, they they think something else is going to happen, but they want to make it look like the other thing is going to happen. Cincinnati Jacksonville was case in point where Cincinnati were so much better than Jacksonville, really. But then, and so they're up, they're up kind of big, and it seemed like the game, you know, that they would just kind of blow them out. But then, being the Bengals, they just threw the game away, and you know. It was actually seemed like in the yeah. fourth quarter they might lose. Oh, definitely. And then they kind of, you know, they got they got their act together and they won by ten and they had the ball with like three minutes left and they're like, oh, maybe they'll just conveniently, well, maybe they'll just conveniently kick a field goal for all the gamblers out there. Yeah. And they. So many of these games are fixed, right? I mean, that's the only conclusion you can come to watching American football and knowing what the spreads are. No, yeah. they don't. Well, that's they, unbelievable. They, no, sorry. If they started kicking field goals for no reason, then you would say the games are fixed. Oh, it's just a coincidence that the spread is always perfect. The um the Chiefs and Jets game like that so the Chiefs were up fourteen. The Jets were like really seriously going for a touchdown late in that game, and I was like, oh, I don't, like it, but it made you just wonder, like, were they backing them? Like, <laughs> were, were they backing themselves? What they they seemed extra motivated for, for yeah. that cover. We uh we just should mention while we're still on last week before we get on to this week that I mentioned this is a bad thing for all of us in the room, but I mentioned that Oakland would. Oh yeah, definitely covered the spread against Seattle last week. You both completely agreed with me. I know. I think None I was, of us picked them. I think I might just have been, uh, you know, going along with that. Ah, yeah, 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 for sure. When actually, I think, no, not a chance. There. Mm, well, sure, Seattle uh, going to rebound. So what we're I saying agree. is, we can't take anything you say at face value. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I work in the media. Well, I definitely knew they wouldn't. I just didn't have the balls. Mm, to plus fifteen. Them. So this week, I, I'm gonna. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I, I five underlined as usual. I right. haven't written them down yet. I might wait in here first. Yeah, go for the it. Leader. I think there's one obvious game that everyone is going to be taking. I'm just going to lay it down here. Ooh, Kansas City. So, obviously, the Steelers traveling to the Jets um, yeah. with four and a half points. And I don't, I mean, the Jets are imploding. Who's their quarterback? Um, I don't, the Steelers are basically the greatest team ever. Yeah. You're Kansas. taking the Jets, aren't you? No, I, I'm taking Pittsburgh minus four point five. Easy money. This, yeah, I think I can't. Like, even if I'm gone for that too, are you? Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll just we, we don't even need to talk about is that, that. Is that. That that spread was two on Monday. Oh yeah. Yeah. After the Steelers beat Baltimore. God. I don't know. Like it is. Like the Jets played the Patriots close a couple of weeks ago. Well, that was, was three yeah. weeks ago. Feels like a while ago now. That team is quick. That team was quite. I think Harvin were... was quite good, wasn't he? And Decker was playing well. Decker, Decker was a good player. How did they do last week? I can't even remember. They got they... beaten pretty handily by the Chiefs. The Chiefs. And We've been talking about it for a minutes. Before that, they got beat pretty handily by the uh, by Buffalo as well. So 
I don't know. I think the Steelers really they can't they can't afford a to throw a game away here. Sorry. No, that division is insane. So they will like they'll they they're, they're not just going to let up just because they're playing the Jets. So Big, Big Ben back in my uh, fantasy team. We'll get to that in a minute. The three of us have that game. So I'm, I'm really interested in this stat that the Ravens. We we're discussing this in the last part Ooh, of the podcast. I've got the Ravens too here. The Ravens. <laughs> Which side are you going? Uh, they are their points differential is plus sixty six. Mm. Seems like a lot. It all seemed to happen in like three games. Um. And you got the Mettenberger experience with Tennessee, so I think it's easy money to be taking uh, Baltimore at home minus ten. I think they're going to put a hurting on there. Get put. Ten, ten's a lot of points, yeah. but they, they that's what they've done this year is that they've beaten high spreads. They've performed in games they should be winning. Um, and finally, like a very interested in Arizona minus seven at home, and I'm very interested in uh, Green Bay minus seven and a half at home against the Bears. But I'm going with my friends, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> this time last year, they were home, they were traveled to Buffalo to beat them by ten. I think they're better than they were last year, and don't know if Buffalo is much better. Minus one point five. Give me the Chiefs to win that game. Yeah, no I've got, problem. I've got that too. Uh, wow, this is this is weird. This is it's an advantage going first because I'm not. I can't catch up with you if I make the exact same three picks. Okay, so that's a good point. Can't catch up with you if I make the same three picks or I can't fall any further behind for a week. <laughs> also, <laughs> it's not a long season, though, Jerry, you know? Uh, there's, only, there's only, what, six weeks left, seven weeks left? Yeah, so I'm going to go... This is week 10, is it? The Oakland Raiders at home plus 11 Ooh, cool. against the Denver Broncos. I like that. Ballsy. And I'm going to go for the New York Giants plus 10 okay, at the Seahawks. That's dope. Wow, okay. <laughs> He's really making a move this week. Well, I've got no choice. I had the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, I have the Steelers, obviously, but uh, I also like the Packers. I have to say, I I'm, I'm just worried about... Uh, I think Denver will beat that Whether spread. or not. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Denver, uh, like, it's different than Seattle. Like, like, I think Denver just have that ability to just put a bad team away. At the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I think after getting wiped out last week, absolutely wiped out... They're going division rival. They'll go up there. Manning could throw six touchdowns this weekend. Um, on the uh, earlier part of the podcast, listeners will be. Mm. We're moving on. You, you got your picks. You, you, you just. I haven't made them. I just copying down. Oh no, sorry. I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm going to take Baltimore. No, sorry. I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm going to take Kansas City. Even though Buffalo are ballsy, like that's actually Buffalo will either win that game or Kansas City like will. Easily beat the spread, I find. But anyway, I'm going to take Steelers, Kansas City, and off the fly, I'm going one to... of two potential outcomes. The spread will either be covered or it won't. <laughs> no, or well, given that it's a point five, I think that they will do a lot more than one point five, or else they will lose the game. Is what right. I'm saying. The Steelers, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Kansas City, and I'm going to change from Baltimore because I don't want to pick all Donnie's picks, and I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals minus seven at home to the St. Louis Rams. Hmm. I'm not sure about that one, but. Uh... All right, the unstoppable juggernaut that is the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, that's our picks. Larry Fitzgerald's looking like Larry Fitzgerald right. again. It's great. It's, I, that guy is a very graceful catcher and runner. They were off last he week. He looks right? good on television. Oh yeah, okay. Right. I'm, I missed that. Uh, the previous week he was amazing. There was that little slant run where he took mm. the house. That was amazing. I have Ellington in my fancy team, which I think we're getting to now. One, one fancy team. Their fullback. Lines up in front of him. I don't know his name. He has one number in the difference, and he's got the exact same. He's about the exact same height, and has the exact same dreadlocks coming out. Very confusing. When you're watching, and you just need you know, five yards. I yeah. need you for five yards. Uh, okay, so 
uh, we, we play in two leagues. Everybody, I think, who listens to the podcast knows this. In uh, one league, I whooped Donny's ass. I don't know what you were talking about a little bit earlier. I'm like, oh, I just waited for Frank Gord to run in touchdown. It wouldn't have got you close. 127-93 was the final score. Well, I think the way that, the way that game had played out, the Steelers, you had Big Ben as quarterback, and the Steelers were playing the late game that Sunday. So You were killing me all day. I was not really... They miles were, ahead. I, was, I, I had resigned myself to being relegated from the league. Well, because I was one and six two weeks ago, and now three and six. Anyway, if you let me finish my point, what I was trying to say was the game was actually quite close around eleven or twelve o'clock Sunday night because I'm it was a bit nip and tuck. I had a read. I had Trent Richardson and Dante Moncrief playing. So started Dante Moncrief. Well, yeah. things have been difficult with my team in the last zero point two points. But um, that was coming. I've I've picked them up in the dynasty. I, I was trying to pick up as many points as I could. I didn't really like you. Things you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Your team, you're on, you're sitting on eighty one points or something like that until uh, Roethlisberger kind of comes in and makes your score look a lot more impressive than it was. <laughs> Forty six <laughs> points. I only realize that now. That's amazing. So, this flea flicker is a lot to answer for. Oh, it's crazy point. It's definitely brilliant. Six, I'm six, vastly in favor. Was it six touchdowns? So I mean, it was like obvi- six touchdowns two weeks in a row. Obviously, <laughs> there that game was in the uh, frying pan until. Until around eight thirty or one thirty in the morning on uh, on Monday morning. So I, anyway, I don't really. But you lost. Kick your lost. ass. I don't really care. For the second time this season to drink. No, I beat him the first week. Yeah, so. But the, sorry, I had uh, Alan Robinson and Andrew Holmes in my team who got three point five and two point eight respectively. I was sitting in that going, oh, Lamar Miller went out injured. Ronnie Hillman, they sat for the final quarter. Scored two touchdowns. He did, yeah. But he sat for the final quarter. It's like, oh, this is a disaster. He was on where, for the like 60 where, where, where. I won. Yeah. I won. I had, back in that, uh, this I'm, week, I had DeMarco Murray, nothing. I had Isaiah Crowell didn't even get on the field for the entire game. He dressed and never played in one offensive snap. Uh, I had... Randall Cobb on by is the only one who does anything in my receivers. So I had Brandon LaFell got like, you know, a weak touchdown, about seven points. I had Steve Smith, who's done nothing for like four or five weeks in a row. Mm. I got a, I got beaten by, I think, about 80 points this week. In, and I'm in big trouble in that league. In the flea flicker. Zach Ertz, by the way, who I traded for with Gronkowski with it as part of a bigger deal. Again, like with less than a full point. Yeah. No, those Zach guys... Ertz is gone. I got in that Oakland guy. Those guys, oh, yeah, Michael. Worth that's the, how you should spell your name. Worth the risk. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I might, yeah. Okay, so in the other league, in the balls league, this week I'm up against uh, basketball and golf legend Michael Quirk. Obviously, okay. That chat that he had with Kieran Donaghy. Some would say that it actually inspired Donaghy to and Kerry to win the All Ireland. So Quirk has to uh, bask in some reflected glory from that. But his uh, fantasy football team is not good. No, he well, he beat me last week, but oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's not he's not bad. He's better than my team. He's got, he, no, he's got Andrew Luck and somebody else. Um, yeah, but I can't remember. Somebody he has uh, Arian Foster. Foster yeah. who's on by uh, Andrew Luck, Luck oh, on by because <laughs> I played him in that amazing one fifty one four four game, his best game of the uh, season yeah. by about sixty points, and he lost it. It's worth stating that uh, our third person here in studio, Mister McCarthy, is now the number one team in that league after beating the uh, the reigning champions, the, the flat track bully, as I called him. Yeah. Nice, you know, I I knew he wasn't gonna. I am worried this week though. It's my first. Like I have receivers was my weak point in that league anyway. I had T.Y. Hilton and um, hit and miss uh, Julian Edelman, but uh, Edelman's back, right? Yeah, but they're both on by at the same time this week, which means that my my 
the only other receiver I have even worth note is Greg Jennings, who's also on by. Mm-hmm. So this week I'm starting the terrible, always injured Cecil Shorts the third mm-hmm. in uh, Wembley Stadium and uh, the Green Bay third slash fourth choice passing option. Oh, Devontae uh, Adams. Devontae. Devontae Adams. But you have three of the four best running backs in the game, so you should be all right. Yeah. Uh, the guy that I'm playing in the other league this week has and bloody Colin Kaepernick as well. Sorry, the uh, the Patriots, Dwayne Allen, Keenan Allen, Andrew Johnson, and Andrew Luck all on by, and Giovanni Bernard injured. Oh. He is uh, he's seven and two. You're jumping between leagues so much here that you're confusing me. I can only imagine know, what the sorry, list but, feels uh, like. So anyway, so uh, the the league of Lycra, Lycra, I picked up Mark Sanchez in that league. When I have to start him, I have no choice. Uh, Andy because Dalton. Have, oh yeah. And uh, by the bad. time you hear this, Andy Dalton will have played against Carolina and probably put up record breaking numbers because Carolina are awful. Cleveland. But, sorry, Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. So he probably won't have put up uh, record breaking numbers. We should talk <laughs> me and Donnie had an interesting trade standoff. Well, you know, I rejected it in the end, but I wouldn't mind hearing your outside thoughts on it. He offered me which I thought was an amazing offer, Jimmy Graham for Andre Ellington. I've got an dynasty league. I've got an extra running back. I've got, I've got, I've got Morris Bell and uh, and um, Ellington Forte. And, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. This you is why four this running backs. Is, you prick. This is why I'm winning this league. My yeah. running backs are like Bobby Rainey and Theo Riddick. Yeah. I'm starting. Uh, this is why I'm winning this league. I picked up Theo Riddick in the other league, by the way. Who? But so basically, my last four or five weeks as the second running back with DeMarco Murray have been Trey Mason. Isaiah Crowell. Oh. No, sorry. Isaiah Crowell, who I dropped like off my team completely. You were right to. Trey Mason. Uh, there's someone else. Zero that, carries for Crowell. There's, someone else, there's someone else in there who's awful. Zero snaps. And then Crowell, who I picked back up again <laughs> the fourth week. So now Theo Riddick is going to join that. If anybody has Theo Riddick, do not start him this week. He's on my list of numpties starting in that position. But anyway, back to your, t- your team where you have... Four amazing running backs. Yeah, so you're not you're not uh, trading any of them away for Jimmy I, Graham. So I have Greg Olson, right? But as Donny did point out, I can I could play Graham as a flex in this league. Yeah, if I wanted to, or you, you know, you could play a matchup. And I'll tell you why. I think it's a fantasy mistake. But do you know what? I don't really mind. I picked up Andre Ellington, as I was actually telling you recently. I, I picked up Andre Ellington in two leagues. On the first time I saw him play, he wasn't like touted. He was available in every league. He just came on and played a couple of snaps in like For, uh, Arizona's first game last season as a rookie. Um, he wasn't really involved in their game last plan season. last season, okay, and, so just, had him two and years. just looked good. So you love him. I picked him up. I had no, I had no uh, competition thing. for him whatsoever. I let him go in a trade recently for Demarco Murray in one league, and now you regret it. Uh, uh, yeah, no, but no, I like having Murray. But I what I mean s- is, I don't want to not own Ellington at all. I have CJ Spiller on my bench for just a stupidly like that. Mm. He was one of the first players I picked. He had a brilliant season, my yeah. first year of fantasy. Like, oh, you got, you're going to come grip me. Insane. It's time it's to let him go though, because he has actually let you down. Ellington's only getting better still. So yeah, I just yeah, don't yeah. want. I don't want to. I don't want to be looking on someone. I know it was a great offer. I, I think people are going to think I'm an idiot. I think they are. I think they yeah. might be right. But why don't you just uh, counter with Matt Forte? Well, not Matt Forte, but. Uh, who are the other? Uh, and, uh, he doesn't want that for Morris, and I don't want to give up Bell or Forte either. We might talk about Bell. If you want to talk about Bell, that we can talk about Bell. We can talk about Bell right now. You gonna we, do we, this? We, you gonna we, do we, we, on Bell for Jimmy Graham? Yeah, I mean, I'd be delighted to do that. You see, then I'd be kind of questioning myself that I actually should be giving up Ellington before Bell. <laughs> anyway. 
shouldn't let sentiment come into making fantasy. You shouldn't, decisions. but you know what? Ultimately, I still have to I, watch all these guys all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, I kind of yeah. want to like them. The team. Jimmy Graham. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I picked up Adrian Peterson on a flyer in, in a league this week. Just, uh, I had a spare roster spot. Just come back on here. Well, look, I don't think he's going to play this season, but if he does, I wouldn't mind having him on my team. I have him in two leagues now. Well, <laughs> I think with Dynasty, you've got to, you, if you're either you're either good or you're planning for the future. Yeah, well, I'm actually a little bit of both, unfortunately. I'm brilliant at wide receiver. I have Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Sammy Watkins, and Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. and they're all playing this week. So it's uh, Julio's been a dreadful, dreadful disappointment. Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver by ESPN. Mm-hmm. And Calvin Johnson's also been a complete disaster. But at some point, he's going to be Calvin Johnson again, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. He's going to be Calvin Johnson as soon as he plays. Like So if he's if he's properly fit and not a decoy this week, he'll be Calvin Johnson. He has he has proven himself too many times yeah. that he's always the best. My record in that league is 5-4. and four. You're what, 7-2? and two? I am. No, I am 8-1. 8-1? and, one. Eight and one. What yeah. are you? I'm 4-5, and five, but I have the worst My, my the worst only team defeat ever. came to Donny. I have the worst team I think that I've ever played in any fantasy league. I, c- I cannot get over how bad I am. Four teams make the playoffs or six teams? I've changed it to six, so half the league gets in. All right, that's good. Well, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much guaranteed playoffs if I keep on this pace. So Quirk, I need Colin Kaepernick I'm to actually for you. cop onto himself and be a good quarterback. Though. Yeah, there's no chance of that happening. And if he doesn't be a good quarterback, just run for 60 yards a game, will you? Stop uh, fumbling on the goal line. All right. But, uh, sorry. Can, can, no, no, can we really talk about that really quickly? Because I, I don't know if you've already we did, did it, yeah. right? But, sorry. What? Right. They, there was 12 seconds left or whatever, and they did a quarterback sneak with no timeouts, right? On yeah. third down. Why did it take so long? No. If he, ha- if he didn't make it but didn't fumble the ball, what were they going to do? They couldn't even kick the field goal no, they to, kick- to tie the game and bring it to overtime. They couldn't. They wouldn't have time. There wasn't enough time on the clock to get off the scrum of a quarterback sneak. Set the ball up. You couldn't snap. You couldn't spike it. It was on fourth down. It was the most insane play call I've ever seen. You throw the ball. You have one go. You throw the ball to the corner of the end zone. You hope to make it. If not, you kick the field goal. You go to overtime. You live to fight another. You kick the field goal. Fifteen minutes. How do you kick the field goal? Because it was on third down. Yeah, but the clock starts. It's the same. It's the same problem. No. Yeah, the clock starts. There was enough time for two plays. They could have thrown a quick slant out to the corner of the end zone. If it's an incomplete pass, the clock stops. Okay. Okay. Good point. Yeah. I right. just don't understand. I thought it was really, really bad coaching, and Harbaugh's Harbaugh's been doing an awful lot of really bad coaching this season. He's trying to stink the joint out. I think he might be trying to get fired. All right. On that note, on that bombshell, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the football.